and welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. Absolutely wonderful to be back and delighted that I'm rejoined by James Millman and Ross Miller after the week that was, guys. Last week was a fantastic round of tipping, winner after winner. And without further ado, I'm pleased to reintroduce James Millman and Ross Miller. James, I've been with you've been with us on this podcast before in the past. It was great to get you back and to have you give some of your national hunt insight. A fantastic week, a Muller gold. What a ride. I mean, just came from nowhere. Uh, Bridget Andrews delivering and then the faith in Frodon completely restored. And it was just a, just a fantastic days racing, the whole weekend jumps racing. It's just got me so buzzed for the season ahead. Yeah, it was an excellent spectacle, wasn't it? And like I say, thank you very much to Bridget Andrews because uh, it looked like a clean sleep, a clean sweep for Ross through all the contests. And luckily, Monsieur Lacock tied up and Bridget claimed him on the line. So I will uh, rejoice at Ross's slight misfortune there because he had a, an absolutely fantastic day. But uh, yeah, Bridget, like I say, some of the horses do get overlooked a little bit because Bridget's riding and Harry's elsewhere. And, and actually, her style, her quieter style, I think suits some horses more than others and uh, she, she just got him into a nice rhythm and they went too hard and luckily she picked up the pieces so yeah so I was a, a relieved man watching that contest yeah that was a thrilling race and it just it just kept the weekend going better and better but Ross Miller hats off to you your first podcast I've heard and your first appearance here on the SBK betting podcast and I have got written down in front of me one two three four winners Frodon, Soaring Glory, Indefatigable and Fusel Raffles. Your joy was my pain in that race um, as I was cheering on Sean Blue. But Fusel Raffles, fair play to him. He stayed all day. But just what a weekend. And as a team, we got the one, two, three in the Burn Group Handicap Chase with the Moolah Gold. Monsieur Lecoq, a nice little each way for you there, Ross. And um, I was pleased that um, I got the third in there as well. So, Ross, a fabulous weekend. How are you going to keep rolling with it? Because we're all eyes and ears are going to be on you this weekend. Yeah, let's hope it's not all downhill from here, eh? Uh, but no, it was a great weekend racing and just in, in one weekend encapsulated what it's all about. You know, I just loved, I, I must have watched the Down Raw race 10 times already. And I love as Bryony's head gets lower, so does Frodon's and, and, and you know, it was, it was a really apt win for her. And then, as I sort of said earlier in the week, fittingly on Halloween weekend, Jamie Moore down at Ascot riding like a man absolutely possessed. I mean, he was just sensational all weekend. Um, so yeah, if that's what we've got to look forward to the rest of the winter, we're in for some fun times. Yeah, I really think Frodon and Bryony Frost just a match made in heaven and punchy to go over to Ireland. And it seems like they've got the wind in their sails now and they're happy to go back over to Ireland. I think that's what we need. We need healthy competition, both sides of the water, our horses going over and taking on the Irish. And I was just delighted to see that success. But look, we've got great uh, racing this weekend. Wincanton, Aintree, they're the main feature races. And we're going to start off at Wincanton for our uh, our tipping and our look ahead at four main races and the Badger Beers Handicap Chase at three o'clock at Wincanton, over three mile one furlong, a race that 
the local trainer and champion trainer, Paul Nichols, has farmed over the years, done so well with at his local track. And although he was denied last year and Kim Bailey, El Presente, got up and won in, in quite a dramatic fashion. He sort of came from nowhere and it was a, a brilliant race to watch. It always is this this race. El Presente is back to defend his crown. Um, good field, although it looks like we're just missing out on the good 16 runners for this. But quality... It is good ground there at Wincanton, which is not as, you know, the, the real national hunt ground that we want. Um, but it's competitive and horses that are coming in here with lively chances, James. Yeah, where, it is very competitive. Where, that's for sure. What are you, where, where are you leaning and what are your thoughts having looked at the field? So I think the, the best horse to me in the race is probably Cut the Nord if he's at peak form because he was a little bit disappointing when his return. He's beat 55 lengths at Chepstow because earlier on last year he had a fantastic campaign uh, Second at Kempton at the Christmas meeting behind Royal Pagai was a cracking effort. Third at Doncaster, fifth, and he beaten five lengths in the Bet365 at the end of the season. So I think off one three five, he's well treated. I'm just a little bit concerned about his well-being after that first run of the campaign four weeks ago. So keep an eye on him in the market. I'm going to keep the faith of Bridget Andrews once again. Uh, Cobra de Mai sneaks in at the bottom of the weights, 10 stone free. A horse who the Skelton's actually trained previously, um, the same owners, I think, had half a share as it. Uh, bought him outright and he switched to Caroline Bailey's yard. It's clearly an amicable switch because Harry rode him on his debut for the yard and fourth at Warwick and Bridget rode him last time and third at Chepstow. Kitty's Light was a runner-up on that occasion. Kitty's Light certainly didn't do the form any harm at uh, Weatherby when finishing second. In it. And I just felt having dropped £26 from his peak, yes, he's not as good as what he was the 10-time winner, but a smaller yard, there's signs that they're getting him into a happy rhythm um, enjoying life and I just think he's a, a nice each way price shame we've not got the, the four places with the 15 runners but I do think that um, Bridget will kind of hunt him round and a little bit like a Moolah Gold hopefully might just produce him at the right time certainly to get into the free and maybe go very close to winning yeah, he's a 10 to 1 uh, price at the moment with SBK. And I think it's interesting what you say, knowing your horses well yourself, that just moving yard can just sort of revitalise horses. And I know Carolyn Bailey's got a fantastic setup where she is. There's a real air and oxygen that she can get into the lungs of these horses. And at nine, he might just rejuvenate. So it, it, he, he's, a, he's a definitely an interesting sort. But Captain Ord is one that stands out to me as well. And Ross, I'm going to come to you with this horse because... Christian Williams, in general, I believe, has just got his horses really well handicapped. And you've seen them running so well at the beginning of this season. He had a good time at Aintree um, earlier on in the season as well. It, can you forgive him for that for, for his run last time out and think that maybe that was just a freshen up and this is always the aim? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with uh, what both of you said there. I, I think Christian Williams, I mean, he's got the most wonderful setup. Um, in South Wales, on the sea, up through the sand dunes, they can they can do everything with them. Um, I think he probably certainly has no one better at targeting races than Christian Williams. You know the quality is coming, but if, if he sets his mind to winning a prize, they normally go close. Um, so yeah, I, I I could see Chepstow very much as a sort of um, a pipe opener to to bring him on. I think Christian Williams himself will say that he's normally need a run. Um, and, and he did say that he had a few that were not quite right last year. He's got some well-handicapped horses. So, yeah, at, at six to one, Captain Ord, I think he'd go very close. Um, there's a couple of interesting younger chases in here. Some chaos from the Michael Scudamore yard um, and Irish property from Emma Lavelle's yard. Um, but they're both impressive performers last time, but they've got to both 
uh, cope with a seven pound rise in the weights. Um, and in a deeper race as well, that might just find them out. Um, using Irish Prophecy, the one horse from that race that I thought might be interesting, again, at slightly bigger prices, Coup de Panso. Um, uh, no, Angus Chalader takes another seven pound off. He didn't look to me like he was given an overly hard time last time. Um, he's, he's much better off at the weights. He's down to a mark of 130, which he's won off previously. Um, and this three mile, two furlong trip should suit. It's just a case of whether this ground is perhaps a bit lively for him, but I thought he was interesting. But from a, from a win point of view, Captain Moore would be my idea. So we got win for Ross with Captain Ord at six to one, and Coupe de Panko is an interesting one at eighteen to one. Another who switched yards from Nick Mitchell to Rafe Smith, and he has a good profile and is not over raced as well as a nine-year-old. Um, I'd say very open um, in terms of the, the competitiveness of this race. I do uh, like Copperman myself. Uh, he was part of that pretty controversial Bet365 Gold Cup where rightly or wrongly he was awarded the race. He was just in the right place at the right time. Um, he comes here really, really fresh uh, for the Alan King yard. Um, and I think that uh, he could be more of a classy horse in this race. And uh, it's, uh, as we say, going to be one of the, one of the more, uh, one of the better betting races of the weekend. Um, but there's some other stars on show at the Elite Hurdle, guys, the 335, a race where uh, the, the last year's winner is back again to defend his crown. Sir Royale was, has been, and I believe, just really good at this time of the season because he gets the ground that he really, really likes. Uh, and he kind of threw a bit of a surprise at Silver Street last time out at Kempton. I'll come to you first, James. Interesting that they played around hurdles to, to fences, but they just really get the, the best out of him at the moment. And he, this looks like a, a winnable race unless, and how many times have, we, have I said this, unless Goshen can come back and prove that he does still have the ability and the mind to get things all sorted for himself. It's exactly that, isn't it? Uh, what a joy Sir Royal must be to own because he's won half a million pound in prize money. Like you say, he can switch between hurdles and fences and he actually runs nearly as effectively over both. And I thought he, he was desperately unlucky in the champion chase last year when he got shut off at a, at a vital time. He then came back this year. Silver Street, that's his race, isn't it, really, at Kempton? He, he normally gets the job done and he managed to overturn him uh, on this occasion. So that shows he's in good form. He won on his seasonal reappearance last year at Foss last before winning this contest. And he's a solid one. You know what you're going to get. Goshen, you have no idea really what, what, what Goshen's going to, going to turn up. He, he never looked quite right last year when he came back in the flats. Um, he had a couple of runs at Haydock and Goodwood and he didn't show any spark really under Hector Crouch. And then first time back at Cheltenham, no hurdles. He was far too keen again. He came back to win Counter back in February and he looked like the old Goshen. And he wasn't disgraced, but he just wasn't good enough behind Honeysuckle, uh, both at Cheltenham and at Punchestown in his last two outings. So... Has he come back to that kind of controllable tear away that he was as, as, a, as a juvenile hurdler? Or is there something really hurting him inside which makes him run like that? So it's hard to know. I wouldn't be surprised if he won. I think it's going to be the spectacle of the weekend seeing what Goshen turns up. But I couldn't be backing him. I think Sir Rail's the, the real solid one. The interesting angle is that um, the Irish or sole pretender, Harry Copton, rides him. He's quite a front runner over in Ireland. And I just wonder, Goshen... If he does drop his hands, Jamie Moore, he will be challenged. He won't be gifted an easy deed like he was when he won at Wincounting back in February. So watch him brief for old Goshen. 
but so Royal we used a tip in, in a cracking elite hurdle. Yeah, I do think five to four bars so Royal is actually pretty is pretty nice, and I think it will get shorter as we if, as you really dig into this race. A lot of question marks hanging around horses. But Ross, you said at the beginning of the show that Jamie Moore riding like a man possessed. The Gary Moore team have been in excellent form. Can that solve a problem like Goshen though? I think Goshen is possessed, isn't he? Um, I mean, he's one of those ones that he'll pop up at some point. But this is definitely the right way round for him, going right-handed. Um, he was virtually on the outer rail at Cheltenham in the, in the champion hurdle. Um, I just I just think this ground's going to be too lively for him. Um, it was a good performance at Wincanton when he beat uh, Tom Simmons' song for someone, but I don't think that horse gave its running at the time. I just think on good ground, I think Snow Royal is an absolute... I don't see how he gets beat, to be honest. Five to four is a huge price. You can just see Dal Jacobs going to chase them round uh, the Irish horse and, and Goshen will make the pace and he'll just sit there and I think he'll pick them up whenever he likes, really. Um, he's a super horse. He's one over fences. He's one over hurdles. The only thing you would say coming from the yard he's at, it's a surprise I haven't gone and tried him on the flat because he'd probably be good at that as well. Um, so I think this is a race that's tailor-made for him. I, I'm slightly surprised to see Goshen run on on what looks to be genuine good ground. Um, I thought they might have swerved it and waited for some rain. Um, and I just think so, I would be too quick for all of them. Yeah, look, it might be the case, even if they don't get rain, knowing Goshen is is a, a tricky character and he needs everything everything his way that, he, that they might even definitely run with him on on Saturday. So is that is an interesting point that you make. I do think that um, the one horse that we haven't mentioned, Belfast Banter, who was a bit of a revelation um, in the springtime, winning at both Cheltenham and Aintree, possibly can be forgiven for going one too many at Galway. Did fall last time out at Lismore. Um, he's definitely got plenty of quality uh, about him and sometimes is a bit overlooked, but he might just need a bigger... Uh, bigger field to run at um, and he's my only ho- sticking horse that I've just been really thinking about but I agree with both of you guys so Royal at 5-4 to four is, is pretty it's, it's a pretty nice price at the moment if you can get it by the time you listen to this podcast um, guys we'll move over to Aintree uh, where we've got some cracking races and for the first time we've got um, a Grand Sefton at this time of the year fabulous that we can see the uh, these the, the, the big national fences out for us all to enjoy. They've moved this race from December just to make spread out these races across the season so that there's a real feature race. And the Grand Sefton is always, again, a big competitive race um, and one that we can really get our, our teeth into. Um, as it stands, it, likely that Cat Tiger, who ran a great race in the Fox Hunters, um, will be favourite for this race. It gives David Maxwell a brilliant time every time you watch it. And James, a jockey yourself, watching someone who just comes alive on their own horses. It's just it's splendid viewing. And he's obviously a talented horse and he's still a young horse as well. And he's got that confirmed ability to run over these fences. How difficult is it for horses when you're watching them and seeing what they've done how difficult is it for us as tipsers to think out you know are they going to do as well as they've done over normal than ordinary fences over these ones or is it just very similar nowadays it has become a lot more similar uh it can still frighten a few horses uh, just the experience especially when you're on the actual national itself with, with the big field uh, only 14 declared in, in the grand sefton so it's easier for horses to find a bit of space and get a bit of rhythm the issue is his owner rider. Now, he does a fantastic job, David Maxwell, 
but he is a, a full-blown amateur. Now, he's had the whole summer off. He hasn't had any rides for quite some time. So he's heading into this contest where he needs to be riding at his peak. He's only claiming three pounds against the professionals. And that has to be a big negative for me. The horse is, is exceptionally good. He's the best horse in the race, especially at the weights. Handicapper has dropped him a little bit. He's now one three four. He ran a cracker in the, the hunter chase at, at uh, the Grand National meeting. But that's David Maxwell riding against his fellow amateurs. He's not riding against the professionals. And, and the one time Harry Cobden rode his horse at Leicester, his jumping was that much smarter, that much slicker. And I just feel I, I, I couldn't be backing him at favourite with, with, with David on board just because he's an amateur taking on professionals. And I'll say when he was claiming Southern and, and, and riding novice herders, he used to get a bit of value. But everyone knows he's got such lovely horses and, and they're trained by very good trainers, but you're a brave man, I think, if you're going to back Cat Tiger at that kind of price. So I can't. The other horse, I think, is very good ability-wise. Time to get up. You had a good season last year winning at Wincanton and your Toxeter. The trip's probably on the sharp side for him. I think it's a good tester just to get him out over the Grand National Fences because you would imagine only eight years old, uh, Aintree will be on the agenda probably in April. And interesting, now we split the two races up. You might get a few try this race and the Beecher. Um, you, you have got that option with the races now four weeks apart so I think he's probably won for another time I'd be keen to keep a good eye on him see how he jumps but one we know that gets around Sir Jack Yates he's been around the track four times he was second behind Bow Bay in the race last year off today's mark of, of one two six. he ran a cracker off five pound higher in the Grand Theft and he gave Live Live Laugh a real race actually and he kind of tired because of it um, but he's much better at these fences. You'd imagine the trainer's targeted a 10-year-old at this race. He probably isn't quite good enough to win, but I'd be very disappointed if he wasn't in the first three. And I think he's a, he's a cracking each way price. Um, he should be should be there or thereabouts. Yeah, he's um, at the moment 16 to 1, and SBK are playing five places in this race. So despite the smaller field size, SBK giving you um, that those options there. And also... James, um, chat, chat about his jockey, because James Best has done really well over these fences, hasn't he? I know Walk in the Mill um, and is a horse that he won, won on the, in, the beach, in the Beach of Chase. So a, a jockey that thrives really with this kind of test, doesn't he? And he's ridden him the last twice over the National Fences as well. Uh, James King rode him previously when he ran in the amateur versions. Um, so Jack Yeggs, he's still quite a young horse, actually, at 10. I thought he was older than that. He seems to have been around forever but he's much better over these bigger fences and I just felt in a race I've got no solid convictions about that each way angle five places as well so a cracking cracking option for Zach Yates because I say he's had four goes and he's had four four clear rounds and, and jumped the fences very economically and well, I say that's a, that's a huge plus and he's running off his right mark this year. Yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of picking out some of the the the, the, fav- the favourites in this race. There's, there's a couple of things where you feel like they're sort of weak weak favourites, as you say. Time to get up. The trip is definitely a concern for me, uh, and uh, perhaps this is just a sort of a, a sort of a, a pipe opener for essentially the Grand National route, which they're likely to go down. And he's about a general twenty five to one chance for the national, as it speaks in the JP McManus colours, Ross. A fascinating race. I found this one quite difficult to really be too confident about because, as I said, a lot of these horses might be using this as an eye into getting over these fences long term. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it's, a, it's a feature to watch rather than to get really stuck into for me. Um, I completely concur with what James said about Cat Tiger. Um, I mean, his jumping in the Fox Hunters was electric pretty much everywhere. And the two mistakes he made was when he was actually asked for an effort from David Maxwell. Um, 
but this is just going to be his third ride since since the end of last season. Um, he has previously struggled with his with his fitness in his in his riding. I'm sure he's addressed that. But uh, James, absolutely right. This is a, a huge negative for me. Time to get up. The trip is a negative. Um, and I just wouldn't be as convinced as I would with some that he's going to enjoy this jumping test. He's run at Yotoxta last time. They're quite big fence around Yotoxta. And just a few he sort of just threw himself at rather than jumped. So there's enough reason there against those two for me to, to look further down the market. Um, a couple that I thought were interesting were Hogan's height, who, who won this back in 2019. He's now down to a mark that's only £4 above uh, what he carried on that occasion and on that occasion he won by 16 lengths so he'd certainly won another four pound on his back he is a little bit older is he as good um again we spoke about christian wins with the badger beers chase he's got five star getaway here again you'd have to forgive a poor run again at chepstow first time out but again i think that's probably a, a pipe opener to put him right he just perhaps wouldn't want the ground as soft it might be um so the horse that i came down on actually was uh Thomas McDonough, again from Jamie Snowden Yard, um, who won it with Hogan's Heights. Um, he's six pound lower over fences than he is over hurdles. Um, and one piece of form that I thought was really impressive, he was seven lengths behind uh, Ask Me Early, who's now rated 140. But he was conceding uh, 11 pound on that occasion. Um, so this mark of, uh, I think it's 130, looks quite appealing to me. And at 10 to one, five places with SBK, he'd be my idea of... Uh, a little each way shout. Yeah, I, I also had a look through Ross Jamie Snowden's stats. Last season, he had 23 winners all season. He's currently on 23 winners. So that just goes to show the form that he is in. He is really striking some form. It's great to see. It's had a bit of a struggle last year. And I do think his horses, like a lot, and like we've talked, it's been in the press about the Tizard horses coming out of a bit of a quieter spell. Um, and I do think that, that that really does help horses especially and, and can be overlooked and probably slightly better a handicap for those reasons. So Thomas McDonough, as you say, um, has, has, a, has a cracking chance at 10 to 1 uh, and with SBK, as we say, five places. Now, the horse that I I like is Senior Citizen. He's probably closer to the top of the betting, but I do think a fantastic jumper of a fence, third in the top of himself. So he was, he was ahead of Sir Jack Yates. Um, he's a young horse, and I do think that he's he's a horse that's on the rise and is probably still ahead of his mark of 139 uh, for the McNeil family and Alan King. So by, by these, these standards, Alan King is going to have a good weekend for me at Potterman and So Royale. Um, we'll head through into uh, our final race that we're going to preview this weekend for the weekend, which is the Betway Hurdle at 3.20 um, at Aintree. Um, another small field, which, you know, you can be disappointed about. And I, I have been looking at a lot of these uh, jumps races, but they always they have been serving up some cracking finishes. And this race can do that again. Somerville boy back in the field uh, hasn't been seen since January, won this race last year, has, is nine now. He's one that you feel like he's been around for forever, but he's, he seems to always run his race. Uh, wherever Tom George throws him in. But brewing up a storm, James, is a horse that is the Ollie Murphy yard have always thought a lot of. Uh, he's always been a horse that they they thought possibly might be better than what he has achieved. Maybe just trying to work out his trip. And I think they've just 
basically found it now. And he ran a good race in the Aintree Hurdle, a race which his form is working out really, really well. And the Murphy Yard seems to be in really good form as well. Yeah, and switching it back to hurdles as well seems to be the key. He just didn't take to chasing when he stepped up a grade uh, last campaign. Apart from last year, he'd always had a good record fresh. He's had another wind up over the summer, which saw him come back with a win when he tried that previously a couple of years ago. Ollie Murphy as well. Probably a little bit of a quieter season last year. He's 9 from 25 in the last fortnight, so the horses are in form. And with Dusartu, who I thought was an absolute certainty, who would be my nap of the weekend, not being declared for Nicky Henderson. It does mean it's already exposed older horses that are taking him on. And I just feel he's got that potential still to be better in this sphere. He looked good when he beat McFabulous in the National Spirit at uh, Funtwell. He won his handicap at Taunton very impressively um, when he was taking on inferior rivals. I just think on his comeback, having had a wind up, he's the one that beat. Some of the boy, he won it last year, so you, you can never rule him out. But obviously he had a bit of a setback as he didn't run again after Kempton back in January. So he might just need this first run after a break. And what about Oscar? When he won his handicap, a similar mark to Brewing Up a Storm is much harder work for what about Oscar. So I do think that uh, Brewing Up a Storm is the best of these and uh, can give Ollie Murphy yet another winner. Yeah, it's definitely the, the best in terms of a class animal. I do think that sometimes um, you don't really know what Brewing Up a Storm you're going to get. Uh, but as I said, that Aintree hurdle form is, is looking pretty solid, which is nice to see, uh, Ross. But in this, it is a bit of a trappy affair. Is there anything, any any question marks that doubt to you around Brewing Up a Storm? Uh, yeah, he just reminds me too much of Thomas Darby. <laughs> in that there's lots of talk about them and, and, and they hint at, at more than they ever deliver. Um, and he has got to concede six pounds to some of your boy. And I take on board what James said and that he's obviously had a niggle and, and, and he's coming back from a, a longer break than Brewing Up a Storm. But six pounds is enough. Um, some have always rated 155. He's a very solid horse. He runs a pretty decent race most times. Um, he wasn't all that far behind in the uh, champion uh, trial at uh, Cheltenham in January. Um, I, I think he'll take a bit of beating here. Um, I can see the ground suiting um, and just that six pound that Brewing Up a Storm's got to concede to him um, would, would concern me for Brewing Up a Storm. The other one that is interesting at a, at a bigger price, and the ground might just not be soft enough, or uh, might just be a bit too soft for her, is Martello Sky of uh, Lucy Wadhams. Now, her run last time, she was a well a well backed favourite on the day, and I watched the race live, and all the way through the race, she just never looked like she was travelling at all. And then all of a sudden, turning in, one minute she was closing, and the next minute she was ten lengths clear and doing it very easily. Um, that wasn't much of a race. This is obviously a completely different kettle of fish. Um, and she won't carry my money, but at the same time, she could just be a bit better than all of these. And she's only a five-year-old on the improve. So she'd want to keep out for, but for me, some of her boy would be the, the, the most likely winner. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more about Martello Sky. Lucy Wadham in great form. This this mare was very progressive last season. She won that Cheltenham Mare's listed event and then bolted up in that handicap hurdle at Market Raisin. I think she's completely overpriced myself and she gets that weight advantage we talked about it last week Ross was indefatigable and how well she did and I just don't know I think there's some I think these I can't just about trust enough of these to feel like this is an absolute certainty for brewing up a storm but an interesting small event if there were a couple more runners I think Martello Sky would be a brilliant each way 
price, but it's just the six, which makes it a difficult betting proposition. Um, but look, a great weekend, guys. Again, uh, I think we, I think we can agree that the the Grand Sefton uh, and the Badger Beers, from a betting perspective, a, a lot to look forward to there, uh, especially with the five places that SBK are giving out as well. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult to follow up from last week, but I think we can do our best. And I'm fairly certain we've heard some comprehensive cases. The fact that I'm sure that there will be some winners in there. James and Ross, I'll start with you, James. I'm going to ask for your your nap and your each-way selection of all from the weekend. Yeah, well, my each-way selection, because we discussed it, we said Jack Yates, I think five places is an excellent each-way offer for him um, in the grounds, in the at Aintree because he's just been in fantastic form. He's four rounds at the track. He's always got around. He's always there or thereabouts. He probably won't win, but I think you're going to get a good run for your money. My nap there will be in the Phillies handicap at Wincant and Rose of Arcadia, who actually won a couple of times for the Tizards last year, but the Tizard team are in much better form this time around. Filling the roof, he was quite impressive at Carlisle. And I just feel this horse, despite the fact that the team were out of sorts, she still won twice. Um, she cost £170,000. She's off 119. She was favourite in all five starts last year. So I do think better was expected. The only caveat is both her wins came on heavy. Now the grounds will be much quicker at Wing Canton, but I think you're probably going to get a better price because I think she's possibly a lot better than what she's shown so far. Okay, interesting. Some good. We'll get the prices for both for both those um, to be able to put up as we haven't covered that race. But thank you to James. Let's see if we can follow on well. And Ross, um, last but no, by no means least, everyone's going to be hanging off your every word. Yeah. Here we go. Um, so my nap would be something to avoid at Aintree. Um, I think uh, condition suit, um, and I'd expect a big run from him. Uh, I think four to one is a is a decent price. And then uh, following on from James is probably won't win, but might run well at a price. Uh, in the Badger Beers case, uh, Coup de Panso at eighteen to one. I think he's a big price. Angus Chalid is good value for his seven pound, and uh, I just hope they go hard up front and he can uh, run on late in the day and, and potentially nick a place. Brilliant. Fabulous. Well, because you both didn't mention it, and I think we all agreed with this one, definitely going to give my nap to Sir Royal on the Elite Hurdle. And uh, my each way selection is going to be with uh, Christian Williams' horse's five star getaway in the Grand Sefton. Do think that he's a he's a pretty nice price considering the fact that, that this race has definitely been the target for him and the, the Christian Williams yard know how to plot out their horses to land a big one. Uh, guys, look, it's been another excellent uh, edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. Um, great to have you back and to look through this weekend's racing. And for everyone uh, that is listening, has been, have heard about uh, the podcast, make sure to subscribe and listen again next week. We'll be back uh, to, to review and preview the, the weekend following on from this. So thank you very much for joining us again. Mm-hmm.